Thanks to the wonderful folks at Anchor.fm. Welcome, listeners, to Tom Reads Your Story. Join voice actor Tom Zania as he reads from past audiobooks and other spoken word projects. You writers may also be given the chance to have your newly written material, fiction or nonfiction, read to an audience. This show will get the words out. And now, here's the host of Tom Reads Your Story, voice actor and podcaster, Tom Zania. And as always, thank you, Mr. Announcer, for that lovely, lovely introduction. Welcome, voice actors, writers, and audiobook listeners. We are celebrating the spoken word, and this is Tom Reads Your Story. Thanks, as always, for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. So it's a beautiful day. It is June 8th, and a beautiful day here in New York. Uh, glad you took the time out of your day, whatever part of the day it is, uh, to stop by and, and listen to what we have on hand. We have some good things. We have... Um, we have something of Dr. Seuss. I wanted to. I, I, I felt like putting a children's theme in today. Uh, so it's a bit of a children's uh, theme. Not not that you have to be a kid in order to listen, but uh, it 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 would be good if if you uh, uh, have children or if you can understand how how kids' minds work and all that kind of thing. So anyway, what we got is. A reading that I did today from One Fish, Red Fish. What is it? One Fish, Green Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. Yeah. And uh, I just love Dr. Seuss. I was in a, a company of Seussical the Musical uh, at a theater called the Mill Mountain Theater of Roanoke, Virginia. And they did an absolutely wonderful production of Seussical the Musical uh, with the exact Dr. Seuss artwork, which just knocked me out. It was so good. And uh, I played General Schmitz, and it was one of the better things that that I've done, uh, actually, uh, ever. Uh, So it was was really good, and I'm, I'm glad I had that opportunity. And so I'll be reading One Fish, Red Fish, Green Fish. What, I don't know what the hell it is. One Fish, Green Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish, I think it is. Okay. Um, and always, or excuse me, also, we uh, are going to hear another passage from author John Isaac Jones. This is from a book he wrote, kind of a short story called Serpentus Saragosae which is a type of snake. The story is about a, a young young boy who uh, has lost his parents and is brought up by this evil, I think it's an ant or somebody, who bullies him and belittles him and just treats him horribly. And later on, he, um, while he's outside, he starts playing with snakes. And I think you can figure out the rest. Uh <laughs> But uh, it's uh, it's a very good story, and I'll be playing chapter two of that. And um, anyway, um, 
I will be playing, like I said, uh, this little little uh, thing of, of uh, Dr. Seuss book. But before the Dr. Seuss book, you're going to hear uh, something from Wikipedia about the history of Theodore Geisel. So you'll hear that, and then there will be a slight pause, and then we'll go right into um, Dr. Seuss's book. Theodore Seuss, Ted Geisel, was an American children's author, political cartoonist, illustrator, poet, animator, screenwriter, and filmmaker. He is known for his work writing and illustrating more than 60 books under the pen name Dr. Seuss. His work includes many of the most popular children's books of all time, selling over 600 million copies and being translated into more than 20 languages by the time of his death. Geisel adopted the name Dr. Seuss as an undergraduate at Dartmouth College and as a graduate student at Lincoln College, Oxford. He left Oxford in 1927 to begin his career as an illustrator and cartoonist for Vanity Fair, Life, and various other publications. He also worked as an illustrator for advertising campaigns, most notably for Flit and Standard Oil, and as a political cartoonist for the New York newspaper PM. He published his first children's book, And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, in 1937. During World War II, he took a brief hiatus from children's literature to illustrate political cartoons, and he also worked in the animation and film department of the United States Army, where he wrote, produced, or animated many productions, both live-action and animated, including Design for Death, which later won the 1947 Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature. After the war, Geisel returned to writing children's books, writing classics like If I Ran the Zoo, Horton Hears a Who, If I Ran the Circus, The Cat in the Hat, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and Green Eggs and Ham. He published over 60 books during his career, which have spawned numerous adaptations, including 11 television specials, five feature films, a Broadway musical, and four television series. Geisel won the Lewis Carroll Shelf Award in 1958 for Horton Hatches the Egg, and again in 1961 for And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street. Geisel's birthday, March 2nd, has been adopted as the annual date for National Read Across America Day, an initiative on reading created by the National Education Association. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish by Dr. Seuss One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, black fish, blue fish, old fish, new fish. This one has a little star. This one has a little car. Say, what a lot of fish there are. Yes, some are red and some are blue. Some are old and some are new. Some are sad and some are glad. And some are very, very bad. Why are they sad and glad and bad? I do not know. Go ask your dad. Some are thin and some are fat. The fat one has a yellow hat. From there to here, from here to there, funny things are everywhere.
here are some who like to run. They run for fun in the hot, hot sun. Oh me, oh my, oh me, oh my, what a lot of funny things go by. Some have two feet, and some have four. Some have six feet, and some have more. Where do they come from, I can't say. But I bet they have come a long, long way. We see them come, we see them go. Some are fast, and some are slow. Some are high, and some are low. Not one of them is like another. Don't ask us why. Go ask your mother. Say, look at his fingers. One, two, three. How many fingers do I see? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He has eleven. Eleven. This is something new. I wish I had eleven, too. Bump, bump, bump. Did you ever ride a wump? We have a wump with just one hump. But we know a man called Mr. Gump. Mr. Gump has a seven-hump wump. So, if you like to go bump, bump, just jump on the hump of the wump of gump. Who am I? My name is Ned. I do not like my little bed. This is no good. This is not right. My feet stick out of bed all night. And when I pull them in, oh dear, my head sticks out of bed up here. We like our bike. It is made for three. Our Mike sits up in back, you see. We like our Mike, and this is why. Mike does all the work when the hills get high. Hello there, Ned. How do you do? Tell me, tell me, what is new? How are things in your little bed? What is new? Please tell me, Ned. I do not like this bed at all. A lot of things have come to call. A cow, a dog, a cat, a mouse. Oh, what a bed. Oh, what a house. Oh, dear, oh, dear, I cannot hear. Will you please come over near? Will you please look in my ear? There must be something there, I fear. Say, look, a bird was in your ear. But he is out, so have no fear. Again your ear can hear, my dear. My hat is old. My teeth are gold. I have a bird I like to hold. My shoe is off. My foot is cold. My shoe is off. My foot is cold. I have a bird I like to hold. My hat is old. My teeth are gold. And now my story is all told. We took a look. We saw a nook. On his head he had a hook. On his hook he had a book. On his book was how to cook. We saw him sit and try to cook. He took a look at the book on the hook. But a nook can't read, so a nook can't cook. So what good to a nook is a hook cook book? The moon was out. And we saw some sheep. We saw some sheep take a walk in their sleep. But the light of the moon 
by the light of a star. They walked at night from near to far. I would never walk. I would take a car. I do not like this one so well. All he does is yell, yell, yell. I will not have this one about. When he comes in, I put him out. This one is quiet as a mouse. I like to have him in the house. At our house, we open cans. We have to open many cans. And that is why we have a Zans. A Zans for cans is very good. Have you a Zans for cans? You should. I like to box. How I like to box. So every day, I box a gox. In yellow socks, I box my gox. I box in yellow gox box socks. It is fun to sing if you sing with a ying. My ying can sing like anything. I sing high and my ying sings low. And we are not too bad, you know. This one, I think, is called a yink. He likes to wink. He likes to drink. He likes to drink and drink and drink. The thing he likes to drink is ink. The ink he likes to drink is pink. He likes to wink and drink pink ink. So, if you have a lot of ink, then you should get a yink, I think. Hop, hop, hop. I am a yop. All I like to do is hop. From finger top to finger top. I hop from left to right, and then, hop, hop, I hop right back again. I like to hop all day and night, from right to left and left to right. Why do I like to hop, hop, hop? I do not know. Go ask your pop. Brush, 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 comb, 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 comb. Blue hair is fun to brush and comb. All girls who like to brush and comb should have a pet like this at home. Who is this pet? Say, he is wet. You never yet met a pet, I bet. As wet as they let this wet pet get. Did you ever fly a kite in bed? Did you ever walk with ten cats on your head? Did you ever milk this kind of cow? Well, we can do it. We know how. If you never did, you should. These things are fun, and fun is good. Hello? Hello? Are you there? Hello? I called you up to say hello. I said hello. Can you hear me, Joe? Oh, no. I cannot hear your call. I cannot hear your call at all. This is not good, and I know why. A mouse has cut the wire. Goodbye. From near to far, from here to there, funny things are everywhere. These yellow pets are called the Zeds. They have one hair upon their heads. Their hair grows fast, so fast, they say. They need a haircut every day. Who am I? My name is Ish. On my hand I have a dish. I have this dish to help me wish. When I wish to make a wish, I wave my hand with a big swish swish. Then I say, I wish for fish, and I get fish 
right on my dish. So, if you wish to wish a wish, you may swish for fish with my ish-wish dish. At our house, we play out back. We play a game called Ring the Gack. Would you like to play this game? Come down. We have the only gack in town. Look what we found in the park. In the dark. We will take him home. We will call him Clark. He will live at our house. He will grow and grow. Will our mother like this? We don't know. And now, good night. It is time to sleep. So we will sleep with our pet Zeep. Today is gone. Today was fun. Tomorrow is another one. Every day from here to there, funny things are everywhere. Serpentis Saragossae by John Isaac Jones. And I want to tell you that that particular one, like all of his, his uh, offerings, are available at audible.com. And I am very glad you stopped by today. We are moving into, like I said before, a different sort of format, cutting way back on the commercials that I've done and making this about Stuff that people have written, uh, audiobooks that I've done, Facebook postings. But please make sure you definitely email me with your writing projects that you'd like me to voice for you. So that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed hearing from the books I read today, make sure to visit audible.com for more books and short stories that I, as well as many other voice actors, have narrated. Be sure to email me at tomreadyourstory at yahoo.com to send in your written material for me to perform, or if you have specific questions about the show or about getting into the voiceover biz. As always, thanks to Anchor.fm for this wonderful chance at having a continuing podcast. I very much appreciate it. Hope you decide to come back soon. Have a great rest of your day and take care. Chapter 2 his single joy. An imaginative, highly intelligent child, the single joy Wilton had in his loneliness was the time he spent at the marshes near the family home studying reptiles. He loved anything and everything about reptiles. The family home in southeast Georgia abutted the backwaters of the famous Okefenokee swamps, and for Wilton, this broad expanse of black water that contained lush, verdant flora and a rich diversity of reptiles, was a sheer paradise. Frogs, snakes, turtles, lizards, and such held a special fascination for his curious eyes, and he could spend endless hours observing them and studying them. The only days he had any peace in his life were Tuesday and Saturday mornings. Those were the times when his Aunt Hilda went into town with one of the housekeepers to buy groceries. Oh, how he treasured those times. On these days, as soon as his aunt was gone, 
he would shoulder his backpack with his books inside, then trek the 150 yards across an open field behind the family home to the marshy bog beyond. Then he would sit for hours watching the creatures of nature go about their daily lives. His favorites were the frogs and snakes. He loved the quietness and beauty of the ball, the mysterious black water, the verdant filigreed ferns, the strangely shaped air plants that lived in the trees, and the tall reedy bulrushes along its edges were pure visual delights for Wilt. Oftentimes, he would watch a water moccasin conceal itself in the thick foliage along the water's edge, then wait for its prey. Moments later, to his delight, he would watch a field mouse which lived in the thick broom sage in the nearby field scurry up the water's edge to have a drink. Suddenly, an unseen enemy would spring out of nowhere, clasp the unsuspecting mouse in its jaws, then wrap its muscular body around the helpless creature and squeeze its life away. Its giant jaws would unhinge, and the viper would slowly ingest the tiny rodent. The beauty of nature, the unrelenting laws of the jungle, was what Wilton loved the most. On one particular Tuesday, some three weeks after he had hidden the turtle in the old tool shed, his Aunt Hilda announced that she was going into town to buy groceries. His heart leapt with joy at the words. Only moments after she was gone, Wilton shouldered his backpack with his herpetology books inside and started across the broomsage-filled field to the marsh. Upon arrival, he swung down the load, then spread out an old towel and took up a vigil to observe his reptilian friends. After only a few moments, he spotted a southern red-legged frog, Arana Aurora, sitting quietly on a log, dining on insects. He would watch closely as the amphibian, body perfectly still but eyes forever vigilant, waited patiently. Then, once an insect was within range, shoot out its narrow tongue, grasp the prey, then snatch the hapless insect back into its mouth. After he had been there only a few minutes, he heard someone call his name. Wilton, the person called. Wilton turned. It was his friend Carlton, a lanky, long-faced young man in his early twenties who had a beard and always wore a baseball cap. Carlton worked for the pet shop in town, collecting reptiles. He was dressed in camouflage gear and, in one hand, he carried a burlap bag and, in the other, a snake handler's tool. Wilton had encountered Carlton several times during his visits to the marsh. He knew Carlton loved reptiles as much as he did. Wilton, what are you doing? Carlton said in a deep southern drawl. Watching a red-legged frog have breakfast, Wilton replied. What you got in that sack? A velvet tail rattler and a couple of garter snakes. Can I see the velvet tail? Sure, Carlton replied. Then, holding the bag open with one hand, he used the other to probe around inside the sack with the snake handler's tool. After a few moments, he pulled out an earth-colored viper, which was twisting and turning under the pressure of the snake handler's tool. Wilton moved closer to inspect the creature. He's a beauty, Wilton said expertly. 
He's less than two years old. How do you know that? Carlton said. Look at the tip of the tail, Wilton said. Just between the tail itself and the torso. Do you see how the color is a dark purple? Yeah, Carlton said, looking closely at the snake's tail. Never noticed that before. The tail won't turn a bright velvet color until the snake is at least two years old. Carlton was impressed. Where did you learn that? he asked. Wilton reached down to the backpack on the ground and withdrew a large book. From my Encyclopedia of Herpetology, Wilton said, handing the book to Carlton. Carlton laid aside the burlap bag and the snake handling tool, then began thumbing through the book. My goodness, he said. Look at all this. I've never seen so much information about reptiles. It's got all of the subspecies of water moccasins, copperheads, rattlers, garters, and even some coral snakes. He gazed intently at one of the pictures. Oh, my Lord, he said. I couldn't imagine seeing a coral snake as big as that one. Where did you get this book? My mother brought it for me, Wilton replied. You want to sell it? Oh, I couldn't do that, Wilton said. It's a gift from my mother. Carlton handed the book back to Wilton. Let me ask you something, Wilton said, replacing the book in his backpack. Have you ever seen a Serpentis sergosi in these marshes? Oh, yeah, Carlton replied. I saw one last week sleeping on a log down at the east end of the marsh. They're rare, but I see one from time to time. If I see one, though, I don't mess with it because they're too dangerous. Yes, I know, Wilton said. Their poison coagulates human blood in less than four seconds. It's instant death. Carlton laughed. Did you hear the story about the guy who was bitten by a Saragosi? No. A man told his friend, I've been bitten by a Saragosi. What do I do now? The friend replied, Find a nice, quiet place to lie down and die. <laughs> Both had a big laugh. Are you interested in getting a Saragosi? I would love to have one, Wilton said. I understand they have the most beautiful coloration of any snake in nature. Oh, yes, Carlton said. They're a yellowish mint green color. When the sun shines on a Saragosi, there is a beautiful golden green luster to the scales. If you ever see a Saragosi in bright sunlight, you will never forget it. Could I keep one at home? Sure, Carlton said. But you need one of those store-bought poisonous reptile cages. The cage has a special door for food and water and a locked top so he can't get out. What would you feed it? Frozen mice, he said. We got plenty of them at the shop. How long are you planning on keeping it? Not sure, Wilton replied. Carlton studied his friend for a moment. Tell you what, Carlton continued. I'll make you a deal. I'll get you a Saragosi in one of those poisonous snake cages. We've got some used ones at the shop. I'll even throw in three or four frozen mice. What do you want in return? Wilton asked. That book on reptiles, Carlton said. Wilton studied him for a moment. Let me think about it, Wilton said. I'd love to have one. I've seen pictures of them in books, but have never seen one in real life. I could spend hours and hours watching him. 
Well, I've got to get going, Carlton said. The shop wants me to find a rainbow garter snake. Some guy came in last week and offered to pay $100 for one. I promised the owner I'd find one. I'll see you later. Then he turned and started walking away. Bye, Carlton, Wilton said. If you decide you want a Saragossi, let me know, he said. I will, Wilton replied. Remember, I'm here on Tuesday and Saturday mornings. Carlton waved goodbye then disappeared behind a thick stand of bulrushes. Serpentis Saragossae by John Isaac Jones. And I want to tell you that that particular one, like all of his, his uh, offerings, are available at audible.com. And I am very glad you stopped by today. We are moving into, like I said before, a different sort of format, cutting way back on the commercials that I've done and making this about pe stuff that people have written uh, audiobooks that I've done, Facebook postings. But please make sure you definitely email me with your writing projects that you'd like me to voice for you. So that is it for this episode. If you enjoyed hearing from the books I read today, make sure to visit audible.com for more books and short stories that I, as well as many other voice actors, have narrated. Be sure to email me at tomreadyourstory at yahoo.com to send in your written material for me to perform, or if you have specific questions about the show or about getting into the voiceover biz. As always, thanks to Anchor.fm for this wonderful chance at having a continuing podcast. I very much appreciate it. Hope you decide to come back soon. Have a great rest of your day and take care. For more information on Tom's availability for your e-learning, commercial, audiobook, or video project, visit his website at www.tomzvoices.weebly.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Tom Reads Your Story.